Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And welcome in to another edition of the Gamecock Central Radio Podcast. Uh, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark here today talking, of course, Gamecocks fall camp as we have been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, week two is in the books. Week three has begun. Uh, South Carolina offensive line coach Eric Wolford in his second stay, obviously, at South Carolina, uh, spoke to the media on Tuesday morning after practice. And that, that's sort of, I guess, the most newsworthy thing that's happened since we, we've done a podcast is, is Wolfie uh, getting on the mic. We're getting to hear from these guys at least once, all the assistants during spring practice, so always interesting to hear what they have to say. Um, Chris, uh, I, I thought that um, you know th- these coaches don't always necessarily give you everything, but I, I thought in a lot of ways um, Wolfie was pretty open and honest uh, in what he had to say, and also I, I felt like um, you sort of got a little feel of what's going on um, at times just reading between the lines. You know, he he didn't necessarily name his starters, but he did say he has a pretty good feel of who will start. And I think from what we're able to gather, we can sort of already, um, you know, fill in the blanks there. And and he did. I I guess the most newsworthy thing from all this, Chris, was was that Malik Young, um, I'm trying to think of exactly how he said it, Malik Young, would most likely start at left tackle against NC State. That obviously still can change. I think Dennis Daly, as we know by now, has made a very real push for that position. But I think a lot of times, uh, you know, these coaches go back to experience and go back to consistency. And, you know, I think Dennis Daly probably, Chris, has a bit more upside at that position, it sounds like. But it, it sounds like Malik Young is uh, the guy who right now they're they're just most comfortable with at left tackle. Yeah, and, and that's something that Will Muschamp hits on a lot is, you know, he, he mentioned it when he was talking about the defensive side of the ball the other day and saying that, look, we're going to have nine guys, and they had discussed it in a staff meeting, you know, we've got nine guys going into this season in which, you know, we, we don't know what they're going to get. And that's what he was talking about with his defensive staff. So he says, hey, I don't know how these guys are going to respond when we get under the lights and 80,000 people and all that. They can get a decent idea idea from practice, sort of know what they got athletically, what guys can and can't do based on practice, based on their review of film and things like that. Um, but there's still an unknown. And so if you're putting in a, 
a first-time starter against a good defensive line in NC State and Dennis Daly, even if you feel good about what he did in camp, there is still that little bit of consternation of of having a first-time guy in there. And so he has made a big push. I was honestly a little bit surprised to hear Wolfie say that today. Um, Now, could there be something behind that, a little bit of motivation for one guy or another? That's very possible. You know, Wolfie's been around the block. He, you know, he knows what he's doing with the offensive line. He's been a head coach. Knows motivational tactics. I'm not saying that's it, but but I don't think he can rule it out. And so Daly's certainly taken his fair fair share of first team reps, um, you know, during preseason camp. And so, like you said, Wes, that's always something that can change. It's a battle that'll continue, and it's also a, a good thing that Daly's come on because it gives them an option, right? If if they say they start Malik Young. Um, and he's having some issues during the game, which is possible given the D-line they'll be going against, uh, then they can try Daly, or Daly can come on later in the season if they need him. Or maybe they just continue the competition and Malik Young plays well, and, and he's got Daly sort of looking over his shoulder. So um, th- those are good things. And you're right, Wolfie was pretty open and honest, which I, I think you come to expect from his personality. He's obviously someone who has a lot of experience with the media. He's been a head coach before. Um, so he, he brings sort of a unique perspective and insight, I think, on a lot of those things. Yeah, and, you know, Chris, I, I think uh, there probably is a little bit of a motivational tactic uh, to, you know, involved as well. He mentioned he wants to, all the guys to keep pushing. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, and, and like our members have read there on Gamecock Central, uh, I mean, Daly's been a first-team guy. You know, it's not like this he's been working with the second team the whole time. He, he's taken a lot of first-team reps. So, um, you know, you, you you look at that and you say this is this has been a very real battle for, for that position, and Daly's made a push, and we'll see what happens, I guess, the next two weeks. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, if you look at this line, it, it seems like um, – against NC State at least if if what Wolford if you take it at face value that Malik Young is your starter at left tackle then you know Donnell Stanley at left guard Allen Knott at center Corey Helms at right guard and Zach Bailey at right tackle um unless they just blow this thing up and completely surprise us um you know it, it seems like that's probably the first bunch out there now uh, where does it go where does it go from there is, is the big question and I, I think the the other thing with Malik Young you you can tell you can tell that Malik Young uh, is the type of guy that that a coach is going to like. He uh, he he's personable. He works his tail off. Uh, uh, pushes everybody else in practice. That goes a long way with a coach. So I, I think if Dennis Daly takes that spot, uh, you know Wolfie talked a lot about eight guys. You need eight guys. Uh, Malik Young gives them a little bit of versatility as well, and that he also can play right tackle. Uh, he could be the backup at right tackle. Or if, um, you know, it's not necessarily anymore about having a direct uh, replacement for a guy if someone goes down to injury or someone's not performing. It's more about what what's, what gives you the best five guys when everybody's healthy. What gives you the next best five guys if somebody gets hurt or somebody doesn't perform. So I think what Dennis Daly coming on and Malik Young busting it in practice does is if somebody in that interior, you know, were to have to go down, then I think that gives them a little versatility that Malik could maybe slide over to right tackle, Daly slides into left tackle, and then Zach Bailey is back at one of the guard spots potentially as well. So 
you know, it's not just who's your best five. It's, you, you know, these coaches are always thinking about what happens if this guy, this guy, this guy, all the way down the line, what happens if, if someone goes out. So I, I think that's something that Malik Young, uh, the trust level that they seem to maybe have with Malik Young this year uh, is a positive thing for the line as a whole, I think. Yeah, it's it's like Muschamp put it when he was talking about the secondary. It, and, and this, I guess, sort of a paraphrase, I believe it was something like it's not about, you know, the, the next guy up at the position. It's about the next best guy. And so that's why in the secondary <clears throat> you've seen several guys that can play multiple positions. You know, Chris Lamont's, they went into this season. They said, hey, we're going to play this guy at safety or nickel. That's our biggest need because they wanted to move Fenton, Rashad Fenton out to corner. But if if Chris Lamont's had to slide over to corner, if one of those guys went down, he'd play corner because he's played there and he'd be, as Muschamp said, the second best guy there. You know, Steven Montak can play any position in the secondary. They, they've got a, a couple guys back there who are versatile. And so, you know, that's what they could build on the offensive line. They, they'd have to figure out some things. You know, Corey Helms could slide to center if something happened to Allen Knight. Zach Bailey played center as a freshman. So could he do it? Yeah, I mean, Malik Young, I think it was Malik Young, right, who mentioned that he had been doing some snapping after practice uh, yeah, at, that's at right. one point. That's right. So, I mean, they, you know, Donnell Stanley – hypothetically could play center if they had if they had to put him there so you know they've got some some different combinations and and you're right they're they're always thinking about those type of scenarios ideally you know you're you're playing your same five all year at the positions in which they've taken the most reps and they're injury free but being realistic guys are going to get banged up that you may not have any serious injuries you may not even have a guy miss a game um, but, you know, playing the schedule they play, some guys are going to be hurt at times. They're going to play hurt. They had guys play hurt last season. They had a couple guys go out for the entire season early. And so um, the hope for them is certainly that they can they can keep their stable full of the guys that we've mentioned. And then, you know, a guy like Blake Camper who could step in at right tackle if he needed or maybe even left tackle in a pinch um, and just try to find that best combination. But it's going to be really interesting to watch you know is it the same five all year and i think a lot of that will be contingent upon you know how they perform and they'll be tested in game one yeah and i i tend chris to think that there is about a 0.0 percent chance that it's the same five all year um you know one thing uh like like one thing wolfie talked about was that uh basically the the best guy is the best guy on that day it's not necessarily the best guy every day and you know I think you look at how he operated previously at South Carolina um, you look at you know every year guys perform great in practice and then you always have a handful of guys that once the game start maybe don't perform as well just a- across any team in any sport then you always have a handful of guys who maybe have struggled a little bit in practice or haven't been as consistent they get their opportunity and then they go play very very well so uh, I think that um, you know and and then guys are going to be banged up and guys are going to be playing hurt and stuff like that so I think it's going to be about who's the best five in any given moment so I I think I think all these guys you mentioned are going to have an opportunity at some point Uh, you know from week to week who the best five are could potentially change and I, I think against NC State it's and, and I think uh, we maybe even talked about this. I know we talked about this on the phone. We may have talked about this on one of the podcasts. But um, with this first game, you're playing such a good defensive front. Um, 
you're, they're going to have their work cut out for them in, in the first place physically. So the mental lapses have to be very, very limited. So I think you talk about putting guys out there who have played before and who have played together and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, D- Dennis Daly may very well be the best left tackle on this team from a physical aspect. But against NC State, game one, on the road, um, against that defensive front, uh, I think you have to look towards putting the guys out there who are going to know what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to be, and can play together um, all, You know, for, for game one. Now, as the season goes on, does Dennis Daly start to push even more for that starting spot? Uh, I think that's a very, very real possibility, but... I think also just when you listen to the way Wolford talks about Malik Young, Malik Young's going to be in the mix somewhere as well. Yeah, true. You know, and another thing I think to remember when we're talking about offensive line is, is you know, I don't think you can underestimate that as long as he's healthy and in there, Jake Bentley, you know, his effect on the offense, not only is, you know, look, you got a new offensive line coach, they'll do some things differently from a technique perspective. Wolford will teach differently. He'll put his own stamp on it. And then you got some skill position guys where, you know, you feel better about the skill positions if you're South Carolina staff going into this season as opposed to last season. I mean, there, there's just zero doubt. It's, it's not even close to, you know, it doesn't mean they, they think they're going to go out and score 40 points on everybody, but they've got some guys who can get it done there. Then you've got Jake Bentley who, you know, We've talked a lot about him having freedom to make calls, make adjustments. I don't think you can undervalue that because a lot of times last season, South Carolina would call a play, and it was essentially doomed from the get-go. But they had to, as Muschamp said, call it and haul it. You, you got to run the play. Um, that they were limited from the playbook first, you know, right from the outset. So a lot of times they'd get in a look. Defense could sort of identify what they were more likely to do, make their call. And then South Carolina would just have no chance on it. So, now, that improved a little bit as the season went on. And as Jake Bentley got more comfortable, they were able to put some points on the board. They'll be able to expand things this year to where he can get to the line. And, you know, if he if he doesn't like the look the defense is given against their call play, well, he can change the play. Or the sideline can change the play. He can change the protection to help the offensive line. Obviously, that was at least one aspect of them being overmatched at times last season. The second part was they were physically overmatched at times. So uh, <clears throat> that's why they spent, you know, a lot of time in the weight room. And a lot of the guys stayed over in May, things like that. And so they feel like they're, you know, more flexible and, and bigger, a little faster this year. So we'll see how the product plays out. But, you know, with that, I mentioned that helping the offensive line, that they can make some adjustments and protections. But that does go back to, you know, what you mentioned about Dennis Daly, the first-time guy. Is is he you know is he mentally processing everything under the lights? If Jake Bentley makes a call, does he does he adjust accordingly? And that and that could go for even a fifth year senior. But when you got younger guys, they're more likely to make those mental mistakes. And, and so that's an area he'll just he just needs to go out and play some. And that that goes for anyone. Absolutely, and uh, it, it'll be fun to watch all those things play out, Chris. I I know. Um, I'm personally kind of getting to that point of camp where I'm like, all right, let let's get let's get to a game week, you know, like like let's get to NC State. I know Jake Bentley talking on Tuesday morning mentioned that after this scrimmage on 
this coming Saturday, they kind of start to turn the page to actually looking at NC State. I'm, I'm at that point. I'm ready to, to sort of start delving into matchups and, and getting into a game week and then getting this season started. But it's, it's going to be fun to see all those things uh, play out. By the way, uh, while we have everybody's attention, Chris, we've got to do at least, what do you say, 15 seconds of shameless self-promotion and say yes. that uh, anyone who's not on Gamecock Central – um, can try us for free right now uh, with the promo code free UT. And that's just capital F R E E U T. And the reason that's the promo code is that they can get a free trial from now until the Tennessee game, which I believe Chris is on October 14th. So uh, to, we're recording on August 15th. So that's a that's exactly a you know that's two months of uh, basically free uh, free insider reports, Carolina confidentials, practice insiders um, scoop on our premium message board, the insiders forum. So anybody that's listening that hasn't tried it, uh, check it out. Free UT and hey, students that have um, interest in checking us out. Uh, all students get Gamecock Central for free in the first place. So uh, all they need to do is uh, just reach out to us. Uh, easiest way maybe just to maybe tweet us at Gamecock Central. Um, or uh, you can sh- I don't, you can shoot me an email if you want. If you're a student want me to get that set up, it's just Wes at GamecockCentral.com. Um, by the way, I, I have uh, some comments I'm going to play now from Eric Wolford, Chris. Um, I actually – thought one of the most interesting things that he said uh, were, were was him talking about basically how he tries to connect with kids. Um, and he said it sort of interesting in that uh, a player's brain may not process a word necessarily the same way that, that he is communicating it out there. So he does a lot of sort of back and forth with his players, particularly his older players, um, about kind of how to process things. Um, and here, here's just a couple of quick comments from Eric Wolford like there. Alan and Corey. Alan and middle. Corey have been tremendous. Uh, you know, they're consistent. They work hard. Uh, you know, they're leaders of our group. There's no question they're leaders of our group. They're the hardest working guys. They push through. They hold each other accountable. They hold the rest of the guys in the group accountable. And, you know, they step in. I bounce ideas off them. I want to know how their brain, how their brain sees it. How does this hit your brain? I'll ask them before I make a final decision on how we're going to call something or the language that we're going to use to communicate quickly when the defense changes the pitcher. I'll ask them because I trust them. They got game experience and they're the ones playing. Just because I say something doesn't mean it hits those young kids' brains the same way it hits my brain. It's got to be the fastest way it hits your brain so that way we can get the job accomplished. With your first. That, of course, Eric Wolford today after practice uh, on Tuesday morning here while we're recording. And uh, just very, very interesting, I thought, uh, a little bit of a sort of dive into the mind of a college football coach and sort of going beyond the X's and O's and how they're trying to connect. And I I think, uh, Chris, you'll probably agree that one thing about Eric Wolford, other than the technical side of the NFL experience and stuff like that, um, uh, he, he seems to get it as far as trying to connect with uh, younger guys. I think anytime you have an adult, obviously, coach, um, being able to communicate to where the younger players just get it and it hits home with them, 
is always a big thing. And I, I, it sounds to me like that's something that Eric Wolford uh, not only takes seriously but puts a lot of thought into, Chris. Yeah, you do. I mean, that that's part of being a good coach. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, you know, about techniques and scheme and all those things. But I think what marks a good coach, you know, you got to have that schematic and technical knowledge. Um, and if you ha- the more you have of that, the better position you're going to put yourself in to serve your players, to put them in those positions. Um, but you do have to be able to communicate it. And I think when, when a player trusts a coach, and this goes from any any level, I mean, high school on up, even younger than high school, and then from college to the NFL level, that trust factor is is really big. So, I mean, I think it's something that we've seen about Will Muschamp is a lot of the players, you know, in, in talking to the players when we get the opportunity in media settings or talking to other people around the program, you know, the players have such a respect, I think, for Will Muschamp um, because they see his work ethic on the things that he can work on. I mean, he can't go out there and put on pads and a helmet and practice with him, even though he, he has been through that grind. But they see what he does in recruiting and, and how he runs camp and, and how he tries to teach them, and they respect that a lot. And a lot of USC's top guys, um, you know, we ran a story in the offseason with Hayden Hurst's dad where he said Hayden Hurst was saying he'd do anything for the guy. And so – those things matter, I think, um, and, and it really helps with the buy-in. So um, when you get a new voice like Wolford who comes in, I mean, people can look at the resume and say, okay, this guy probably knows what he's doing, but it comes down to, you know, how he communicates with the guys. Do they trust him? And it really looks like it's been <clears throat> so far so good on that front because they've been receptive and open to his ideas, um, and he, he recognizes that he's going to have a lot of different personality types on the team. Because as we know, Wes, from covering these guys in recruiting, he, he does. He's got a lot of different, you know, types of personalities, some unique guys on the team. And so you, the way you communicate with one is, is not the way you communicate with another or motivate, you know, another. So um, that that's something that you always have to go through as a coach. Absolutely. Uh, as we sort of get close to closing it out here, something we're going to try to do a little bit more of is um, interact with our um, listeners and readers and stuff like that. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast that you want us to hit, uh, you can hit us uh, there on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central, or you can hit us on Twitter at Gamecock Central. Follow us on Facebook, um, which it's just Gamecock Central on there as well. Um, so easy to find us. Also, want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you get alerts whenever we have a new podcast as we do them throughout the season this year. But this question, Chris, comes in from Will, um, and Will, I don't, Will, buddy, I don't know how to say your screen name there. Um, looks like at um, at W Crons with a K. Uh, I don't know what that means, Chris. You not, any any not, idea? I got at no WK, interpretation. Yeah, W K R O N Z Z. So uh, Will Crons. I guess we'll go with uh, his question is how will reps be split for running backs and tight ends? And um, I picked that one because it's probably going to be a hard one to answer. I I think, uh, you you know, you look at running backs and uh, it's a, that's kind of a popular question, but I I think also that to me, Chris is more of an on paper question rather than a real life question as far as the answer goes because at running back um, 
you you always need more running backs. I feel like you know yeah. like like they they've got three guys they can count on. Then they have some other guys, uh, you know, who I I think with uh, with Caleb Kinlaw and even Mond Denson, who's had a pretty good fall, you know, that that can step in and play if they had to. Um, they have depth at running back. I think safe to say Rico Daddle, Tyson Williams, sort of split what you would call first team reps. But, but hey, AJ Turner is a guy who, you know, I I think is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle, but will be on the field. I think AJ's a guy you can move around. You can use him at kickoff return. You could even possibly put him in the slot at times if you really wanted to get him on the field. So, you know, I, I look at the running back stable, and I, I think the end game stuff, who's banged up on a given week, uh, stuff like that, all that will play itself out um, as far as the season goes. But so I, I'll I, I hit the running back one. I'll, I'll let you hit the uh, – the tight end there Chris what, what's your take on tight ends they do have some really intriguing guys you know it's Keel Pollard had a big spring game had 10 catches in the spring game uh, he's done had a good preseason camp had a good scrimmage back on Saturday from what we heard Evan Henson who's on the basketball team you know, he looks good physically and he's certainly got some ability you know Kyle Markway is back um, you know so they've they've got some guys there um, who can play and so I think some of those guys are going to factor in on special teams. You know, Pollard, Henson, Markway. You could see those guys playing a lot of special teams because tight ends have that body type, you know, strength and athleticism mix that you look for there. Um, you know, and, and it, maybe that does give them the flexibility to spell Hurst and Crosby a lot. They played a lot of snaps, especially Hurst. I mean, there were games where he essentially did not come off the field, maybe except for a play or two. Um, and there were games where he was pretty spent afterwards. So uh, maybe that gives them a chance to get more guys on the field. I don't know that you could use the word rotation at tight end because I don't know how much they'll truly shuffle guys in and out. And, and part of that may depend on how many snaps they're getting on offense. Uh, they, they may sort of snap count guys. But I, I think it's still Hurst and Crosby. And then the other guys, you know, will, will earn opportunities. And they got a lot of competition there, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, and uh, I think maybe one of the most interesting things for me, Chris, will be uh, in the slot uh, as you see these emerging wide receivers. Um, you know, that that's something those tight ends didn't really have to um, contend with as far as playing time last year. You know, Hay- you know Hayden Hurst is going to be on the field um, most of the time. Uh, but then in the slot, uh, you know, this time last year, it's almost forgotten about this time last year we were talking about Jamari Smith in the slot and how you know when they were in three wide Jamari was going to be the guy and uh, Jamari struggled to catch the football early in the season and we never really heard from him again you know so Casey Crosby sort of became the guy in the slot and they were in two tight ends a lot Um, obviously Jacob August had his place as well and was on the field um, probably more than he even gets noticed but um you know, I, I like your point about special teams. I I, even, I think a guy like Evan Henson, uh, with his athletic build, is perfect to help on a lot of those special teams units. Um, he's got a physical mindset as well, uh, so I think he's on the field even if he's not at a primary position that we all notice there at tight end. But I, I think you look at, you know, Shy Smith and sort of the emergence of these wide receivers uh, versus, uh, you know, a Casey Crosby, and then even a Kill Pollard who had a great spring game. I thought. Um, the real competition 
uh, sort of goes beyond an actual position group, and it's going to be about you know what what guy can sort of win that slot spot um, among the receivers and the tight ends. Then then you know it's going to go down to matchups as well. And I think some of the diversity in this offense is that if you're Kurt Roper, you can kind of uh, I think you at, at the very least want to just give every team a look at, at all these guys. You know, like you you want to just get them on the field. Even if you don't use them a lot, you want to rotate them in at least for a little bit of time just to just to keep opposing defenses thinking about them and preparing for them and, and stuff like that. I, I think that's always a, uh, a a good thing on offense is if you can just give the opponent as much as possible to have to think about and to have to game plan for in practice. And I, I think you want to rotate those guys in a pretty good bit. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you made a good point there. I mean, if you one thing that Will Muschamp mentioned last season when when folks were asking about Casey Crosby, as he said, he's a hard guy to count for the defense. So, you know, when he goes in there, um, he's a tough matchup because he's he's a he's a tight end sort of H back type guy who you can line up in different spots. I mean, a lot of times he's just straight up slot wide receiver, but he can line up in line if you want him to, or he can line up sort of on the wing or as an H-back type if they want him to. They could do a lot of different things to him. So when you're a defense, you know, you, you know, if the offense is making a change, say they say they trade up, you know, trade out Shy Smith and then they send in Crosby to the game. Well, the defense, the defensive staff on the other side's going, you know, they're aware of that, that they know the personnel that's coming in. They've studied it on tape, what the other team may run, what the guys can do. And so Crosby comes in and now you're, you know, that may dictate what kind of defensive personnel you send and you got to make a decision. You know, do you go to nickel? You, you sort of maybe anticipate where he's lining up. Now you can change your play real quickly after the guy gets lined up. But when you got a guy who's a matchup problem like that and you can line up in, in some different spots, um, it can put, you know, more of a strain on the defense, which is that's exactly what you're trying to do as an offensive coordinator. Yes, yeah, so all those things will be fun uh, to see how the – um, I guess progression of the offense uh, plays out before us. I I think it's it's been interesting that we hear about the diversity of the offense and the different things they're going to do, but we don't necessarily uh, hear the details. So that, that's something that's going to you know they've sort of played close to the vest, and it'll be fun to watch uh, in the opener. Again, if you want to send in your questions, uh, we're going to be taking those on Twitter on the Insiders Forum and uh, and all that. Uh, moving forward in our next podcast uh i guess as we close it out here chris um next scrimmage is on this coming saturday first scrimmage in the books is there one maybe topic in particular that or position battle or just uh what's your focus i guess i should say um very this time next week i think it's it's all nc state all the time like the focus turns to starts to turn to game one but as south carolina closes it out closes out sort of the south carolina centric part of their preseason camp uh what's your focus as uh we go from uh from week two i mean i'm still paying a lot of attention to the lines of scrimmage you know not only in the position battles um because we do have a decent idea up front on offense and we got a a pretty decent idea, really good idea, even on defense, as far as who the personnel is going to be. Um, but I think they've got to just continue to improve and get better on, 
you know, defensively disengaging from blocks, something Will Muschamp pointed to, said he thinks they're better at, you know, fitting gaps and disengaging from blocks and things like that, things they really struggled with last season. So that's, you know, they're still at that point up until, like you said, Wes, that last scrimmage where they're still working on South Carolina. They're they're not trying to beat NC State at this point. They're trying to get to a point where they can go in and start those preparations to beat NC State. They're, they're working on themselves right now. They're scouting themselves. They're seeing what they can and can't do. And so for this team to, you know, be able to take the next step, I think they're going to have to be solid, better than they were last season on both lines of scrimmage. And I don't think we can expect them to make this – astronomical jump on either side of the football in that regard Um, but I think it is fair to expect them to be you know somewhat better to a degree so it's about just continuing to progress guys and um, especially defensively they got to build some more depth there they got to find some guys who can rush the passer so you know a lot of young guys and guys um, who contributed last season and some who didn't uh, that are going to just need this final week to you know, continue getting better before they go into those preparations for the Wolf Pack. That's it for this episode of Gamecock Central Radio Podcast. For Chris Clark, I'm Wes Mitchell. I want to encourage everyone to um, hop on GamecockCentral.com and try our free trial. Again, that's free UT is the promo. Um, I promise you, I guarantee that you'll find something on there that you'll like, uh, whether it be our football coverage, recruiting coverage, or even, uh, you know, once baseball fall practice gets started, and uh, then it'll be basketball before we know it as well. So there's something on there for everybody on GamecockCentral.com. For Chris Clark, I'm Wes Mitchell. Gamecock Central Podcast is out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.